0: we're always talking about like negative comments and trolls but what if you were like a positive troll oh (laughs) dude that's dope (laughs) you you just go around like leaving positive comments on people dude that's like anonymously (laughs) that's dope dude positive trolling medicine (laughs) remix remix it's been a long time time. shouldn't have left you you. without Without a dope pod to step step to step 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 What it do, Remix Crew? It's your boy, Reesh, the MCMD, it's your podcast, Medicine Remix, and we're back after a long hiatus. Yeah! For those of you who noticed that we were gone, thank you for noticing and still rocking with us. We definitely missed you. And for those of you who never knew we left, hopefully that means you're new to the podcast. So welcome. Medicine Remix is a show that was started by a bunch of hip hop heads that just happened to go to medical school. And basically we created this mixtape style of podcasting to try to deconstruct our experience of modern medicine, as well as the mysteries of the human experience in general through the lens of pop culture. Uh We like to say it's like Radio Lab meets Radio Rahim. Dr. Drew meets Dr. Dre. WebMD meets Urban Dictionary. I like this right here. But if you're new to the show, I think you just have to listen and experience the uniqueness that is Medicine Remix for yourselves. Because I honestly don't think we sound like anything else out there. If I do say so myself. Say so myself,
1: say so myself
0: Thanks, Jay. <laughs> Today's show is the first episode of the fourth season of Medicine Remixed, and it will be a vintage-sounding episode for the Medicine Remixed OGs listening out there. But to give the new listeners some context, I'm an orthopedic surgeon just a few years out of training, practicing on the East Coast, and my co-host, DeBunked, is a psychiatrist who just finished his fellowship training in child and adolescent psychiatry and is now a newly minted attending physician in California. We'll introduce one of the newest members of our team, KT, in an upcoming episode. Longtime Medicine Remix listeners might've heard some of KT's classic episodes over the past two seasons, but may not know that he's actually finishing medical school this year, and just finished interviewing for a residency spot in physical medicine and rehabilitation, AKA PMNR. We'll talk more about that interview process with him in an upcoming episode. Today's episode was recorded right around the new year and starts out with me and Dee catching up on how it feels to be a new attending, the importance of being a good teacher, and then we get into a really interesting discussion about, quote, mental health diets and simple ways both children and adults can drastically improve their mental health as well as the mental health of others around them this year. And finally, we touch on how to get yourself to do things that you don't want to do in the pursuit of greatness. I hope you get as much out of this episode as I did. I think there's something in this one for everybody. A Lot of great laughs and insights to kick off the brand new season of the one and only Medicine Remixed. (laughs) So you're done with fellowship now and you just yeah. started your first attending gig in California like pretty much full circle like you're pretty yeah. much back like where you grew up for at least part of your childhood.
1: Yeah, like I don't bother correcting people here like you know people be like oh you you know you you're back home, and it's like, eh, kind of, uh, but yeah, I go. Well, I mean, you know, mainly because I moved around so goddamn much, but uh, I spent all my undergrad here, so uh, I think, kind of loosely, I've always considered it home just because I, you know, you kind of grow up in college and yeah, shit being gone so long on the east coast and then coming back, I, I can't really say like there's not a whole lot of nostalgia besides like maybe the campus, but it, 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 it's kind of cool, uh, it, In the sense that like i i know the lay of the land um i run into people every now and again but yeah as far as like the the actual job itself that's probably the the craziest part is just like being back in the driver's seat and feeling like okay you know i'm calling the shots now at least you know but Uh, To be fair, man, uh, my fellowship program, it's it's like the gift and the curse of having a fellowship program that or being in a fellowship program that doesn't have a whole lot of oversight is that you're, you're doing your own shit anyway. And it's terrifying when you're there, but or when you're. Newly minted in, in mm-hmm. the workforce, it's sort of like an abusive parent, right? You know, like as a kid, it's like, oh, that's terrible. Like, oh, your your parents are so mean and neglect—not necessarily abusive and like physically, abusive, but like just neglectful. And then you turn 18 and you're like, oh, I'm grown already. I've been cooking and cleaning for myself since I was fucking eight. I'm a grown ass man, dog. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, well, you mm. didn't have time to be a kid. It's like, yeah, but I was I was busy being an adult. Huh. And then. But then you reap the benefits on the back end, you know, because you're mm-hmm. fucking ready for the real world. And it's kind of the same thing. It's it's uh, it's, it's kind of weird. You, you wonder how much of your training was sacrificed right. because you were busy just trying not to kill anybody or, you know, mm-hmm. cause any major problems. But at the same time, you're ready to hit the ground running. So sure. that's been kind of cool. And actually, ironically, um, I got a text message from a former med student of mine. While I was in fellowship, uh, this young man was finishing up med school. He had just applied for residency and he he, he had matched in the same program that I was in for a uh, residency in psychiatry. And uh, we were just talking about billing one day or I, no, we weren't. talking. I was talking about billing. And and he was he said something to me like, oh, yeah, my dad's like a radiologist or something. Mm-hmm. And he's always on my ass about billing. And he's always like talking shit like people don't like med students don't know shit about billing. And it's really going to be like, you know, the cause of their demise because, you know, like no one's teaching it and it's becoming a bigger problem. And just randomly, he was, you know, he just said... Hey, can I like reach out to you sometimes so we could talk about billing? And I, I was like in between patients. I was like, yeah, man, sure. I, I honestly thought he was doing the med student thing, like you know, just pretending to be interested in whatever the fuck we're doing, so we don't we don't rail him or, or fucking give him a bad review. But yeah, he sent me a, a message like a couple days ago, like, hey, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm in the program, and I was wondering if you would have time to like talk about billing. So I was like, oh. all right. Um, but that the reason I bring it up is because that was kind of odd for me because. it, it my interest in billing was uniquely something I had time for in fellowship I, I wouldn't have time to do that now like to learn about it in, in, at, at the, in that same breath you know so yeah but it definitely changes your focus because you know my, my hat's kind of off to, to attending so actually teach you know because you realize like fellows in residents, they, they as much as they help they slow you down you know in 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 a true time sense, you know? But there's also something fulfilling about teaching somebody some shit and, and then watching them blossom. That's kind of cool too. But if you're looking at it just pound for pound, minute for minute, they slow you down. They slow you down and they affect your bottom line. You know, even if they don't slow you down, you don't you can't bill for the teaching time and shit like that. So, yeah, I guess it really just forces you to pick what lane you're in like, you know. Are you, are you just about the the money? That's cool if you are, but it's hard to pretend right. that you're about that teaching life you know when you're really not because at the end of the day you have a family you have shit you need to do you have responsibilities you you want to get out of work at five or at six or at seven or whatever it is you mm-hmm. got shit to do and then you want to go relax you don't want to have to double back and go over somebody's work and review notes and do shit like that um it costs all that cost yeah time um so that that's been the interesting juggle for me is you know because i'm like part-time faculty adjunct or whatever so i don't i didn't know this but like if you're part-time faculty you get paid more money than if you're full-time faculty Uh, really yeah 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 why is that um, it, it's just the nature of academic medicine. Um, so, if I'm part time faculty, I don't have as many requirements to spend doing academic shit. So, but no in the world of academic shit, if my resume says part time faculty, well, then the full time faculty. Look as good. Right, right, right. They, you know, stick their nose in the air at me because I'm only part time and I don't give a fuck. Mm. So, you know but it it, it means something in the world of labels and shit in the academic uh, realm so if you're full-time faculty they block off time for shit like research and teaching and shit like that so technically you're not as profitable so they pay you less it it just seems ass backwards because anytime you think oh part-time full-time you associate part-time less money full-time more money but it's it's just the opposite so it's just funny to me because like people care about that shit and you know the the university that we're affiliated with is like a big university so uh people want that on their resume and i'm just like oh you know and and they'll ask you all the time like oh are you ready to go full time? Uh, nah i'm not i'm i'm good cuz the pay cut's actually pretty substantial actually and the more you look around you realize how much i mean you get paid shit for being full time faculty <laughs> comp- compared to you know yeah. just being a physician doing your thing but which is fucked up because it becomes like what do they call that what do they call that when when, when like uh you take all the the smart people for brain what do they call it brain trust no no like like uh for example in india like we're taking all their engineers what do you call that there's something where ah, man it'll come to me it's basically like siphoning of smart people and you get that same sort of thing in, okay. in, in medicine right like if you pay somebody enough money, but they also are very good educators. It sucks that there's going to be a a draw on that source of people that potentially could really, you just start to realize the importance of good training. And if you you come out and you're fucking in debt, you're in over your head, you're, you know, half a million dollars in just student loans can hang in over your head. And, y- you know, you've given up so much of your life already and you're, you know, you're in your early 30s or, you know, God forbid, you know, your early 40s and you did a bunch of extra training and fellowships and shit. And then you're behind the eight ball. You're running out of time in terms of just being able to start a family. And, you know, and then you think, I, I got to make money. I got to pay this shit back. And there's no real room to actually teach. And, you know, at the cost of your income. So it's just a real, a first world problem for sure. But a real problem nonetheless. You know, I, I think it's a, uh, it puts people in a precarious position to decide, do I really like to teach? Because it's fucked up. You, you'll get a kick out of this. In my office, I had my, my resident teacher of the year plaques. Yeah. Yeah and i only put them up because i had them in a box and i was cleaning up around the house and i opened it and i was like what, what am i going to do hang this up in my house so sell it on ebay I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody so, would buy so that somebody <laughs> would buy that shit you know they would you know that i would i would i would just to do it yeah um which reminds me of a funny story when when i was in undergrad here uh the guy that lived in our apartment had got his phd but he didn't live there anymore, and they mailed his PhD to our apartment, and, oh, and we, we opened it, and it was on a, like on a fucking in a frame and everything, and uh, this, we're, this is kind of fucked up, but we we just took a sharpie and we we, we crossed his name out, and we and we, we put <laughs> we our didn't. we put our names on it. what multiple names multiple names, <laughs> and we hung it <laughs> up on, in one, the apartment. on <laughs> one diploma. This is how it was, yeah. yeah, it was a team effort. It was a team effort PhD. But, play a uh, haters degree I, I, right there. Boy got a T A D. Play a haters degree. <laughs> <laughs> Certified. First first team. First team. Yeah. We were uh. So, but it, it, that's funny because I, I really I, I, I didn't had these these plaques and I, I didn't. It's not that I didn't want them. I just, It felt weird to have them. Like what am I gonna do with them? Like I I, I would feel bad throwing them away, but I don't. I also don't want them uh so they, i had him in the car and randomly I, I took them down and i had him sitting in uh next to my desk at work and finally one day i was just like you know what i'm just gonna put them up and dude when i tell you that i was shocked that people cared It was kind of weird to me how much people cared like I'd I'd be talking to people and I could see them looking over my shoulder at the wall and like they they would change like so many times I saw like a change in their posture or uh, where the conversation was going or it was just weird. It was really weird. And I thought, man.
0: Man, when is this guy gonna teach me something? <laughs> yeah. This motherfucker has all I these. I come here every day,
1: and he don't teach me shit. I just got these on eBay. <laughs> right, I don't know right. what you're talking. Yeah, these are made out to Peter Chan. These are mine.
0: <laughs> it's funny because the way that it's set up in the place that I'm working at now, you know, it, we don't even have like offices. It's like straight up like all the doctors and providers are. Like mm-hmm. in little cubicles. So they, uh, I think I'm, I may have told you this, like they gave me this employee of the month award. And they're like, we've never in our entire time as a hospital ever gave this award to a, a locum tenens person, which is like, you know, like you're like right, a substitute right, right. teacher, right? So it's like, you know, the substitute teacher getting, you
1: know, that's a te- slap in the face <laughs> for the people who are, are <laughs> fucking full timers. What did the five fingers say to the face? <laughs> what? Yeah, like the bar is very low. That's there. fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that's, but they're like, nah, we like this guy who's not here all the time. Yeah, we yeah, like that guy. Yeah, <laughs> no, but like they
0: were like, we just felt like you know we couldn't not give it to you because. All the staff, like, you know, loves you. We keep getting, like, unsolicited, you know, compliments about you from patients. Patients are only requesting to see you. So we felt like we had to give you this. And so, like, I have that, um, you know, pinned up in my cubicle, like, which nobody will ever see. But it's like, maybe I should sell it on eBay. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Maybe. Maybe we can start a whole fucking trend. Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, but that's it's a bit of a sort of vote of confidence internally to get shit like that. Like I I had something sort of similar, like an employee acknowledgement thing in the hospital as a fellow, Mm -hmm. which they're not supposed to give because technically we're not employees. But I had the same sort of feeling like, you know, that's cool. That's cool. Especially when you're not fishing for it. Right. That's I think that that's what makes it better. Because I think I told you in med school, we used to have those. uh, What were they called? Like strong recognition or something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like a strong work award or some shit. Well, anyway, uh, I caught a resident when I was a med student giving those cards to the patients like with his name already filled out. (laughs) So like really fishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, And, you know, he didn't say like, oh, please give me five stars or whatever, but he would be like, Oh here you know uh, this is um he, he just slipped it to
0: him like right. he was like you know like buying drugs off Yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it, like it a was slick even more sinister than that
1: even more sinister than that it was like you know and if you were happy with your service you know you know fill one of these out it helps out but it, it helps you out like is what he you know mm-hmm. what he should have said and i remember being like uh that's gross like yeah why why would you even want that award if you did get it like it's not it, like you might as well like put mints on their pillow and then your card like what like that's not cool, man. I, I just remember being kind of blown away by it like wow, but yeah, at the that's same time that's why a lot of these like even like these like top doctor awards are just all bullshit, you know. Yep, I always trip out on those uh like when you're on a flight those mm-hmm. uh what you know what I'm talking about like the uh yeah like the in-flight magazine yeah yeah and it's got like the like like best doctor's award or or Mm. recognition thing. And it's always got like, you know, dudes in like tailored suits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's always so funny to me. I wish I knew more about pens because they're always holding a pen. And I'm like, I bet you that pen is expensive too. Like (laughs) fucking everything about this. is like a Mont Blanc. Yeah. 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 Everything about it is so pretentious. I'm like, you fucking assholes. But yeah, but that being said, if I got a phone call telling me I was going to be in one, I'd be there. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. But <laughs> i don't know man I, I think it's it sort of gives me like this mother Teresa complex like i i have these these patients that they're good people you know most of them are hard-working people honest people um they're probably it's probably not in the cards for them to be millionaires anytime soon or someone got some pretty rough gigs you know had a rough life and it's it's funny because i i'll give you an example i i gave a kid a book kid likes to read uh at least that's what he told me and i just happen i i I buy books i I probably spend like i don't know a hundred bucks a month of my own money on books that i give away yeah 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 to give Um, people yeah yeah to give to uh to kids nice and so and i'll 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 write something inside like you know whatever uh, but i always sign it your friend and then you know i put my name and it'll have and it's literally like a one-liner mm-hmm. like sometimes so short like uh, you know be better do better you know something real yeah. short um and man the amount of joy that i've seen from parents like over giving their kid like you know uh, like an eight dollar book, like a ten dollar book. It's pretty crazy, and it's a book. Like it, it's not a movie. It's not a game. It's like they're gonna have to read it, and they're probably not gonna right. read it. I don't know. Maybe. What, are, what are some of your you know What are
0: some of your go to books?
1: There's there's a series um, by Jocko Willink, the former Navy SEAL, mm-hmm. um, uh, Way yeah. of the Warrior Kid. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's got... I think that series has three books, and then he's got, like, a cartoon book that's actually kind of cool. I think it's, like, uh, about slaying the dragon. But the the reason I, I I like that series of books, The Way of the Warrior Kid, is... I guess there's a a, a series of books out there, like Wimpy Kid or something. Yeah, yeah, Well, this one's pretty much like that, but, like, on steroids. It's, you know, it's a fucking former Navy SEAL. And basically, right. he just has... The the themes are just super cool. You know, one of them is about the kid spending all summer with his uncle and his uncle's getting him in shape and shit. And then he goes back to school and he's like going to teach kids. Oh no, he's going to show off to his friends about how many pull-ups he could do. So he goes and he bangs out like eight pull-ups or something. And his friends are like, damn, this kid's a beast. And then the new kid in school. It's like, Hey, what are you guys doing? Like, you know, just being a nice new kid. Hey, what are you guys doing? He said, Oh, we're doing pull-ups and this kid's like, Oh, can I try? And the kid bangs out like 25 and, and, and he's like, Oh man, they, you know, like, is, is that a lot? And, and the kid's like, yeah, but you, you probably practice a lot. And he's like, Oh no, I've never done pull-ups before. So like, so, so basically, you know, the kid's confidence is in the shitter, you know, he, he, he worked out all summer to do eight pull-ups and this kid bangs out 25 and And then the whole theme of the book just goes into, like, instead of being enemies with this kid, he, like, starts complimenting this kid. And this kid starts, like, showing him, like, what he does and, you know, uh, like, little tricks that he's learned and and how he gets better at stuff. And it's just interesting in the sense that they're just cool lessons that are wrapped up in this... The cladding of it, the outside of it allows you to still be sort of masculine and to still be physical and to still be competitive and to still still be all the things that people are trying to demonize now, like this idea of like toxic masculinity and all this fucking nonsense right um you know because oh yeah sure on paper all that sounds good and then when you're a man in the house and you're screaming like a little girl because you're afraid of a spider well nobody wants that you know there's no woman that's like that's the kind of man i want you know like that's that's not how it works so I, i i worry about that but with some of these kids it's just kind of cool to give them something to just prop up both ends and just let them know like, no, man, you you still, you should be physical. You should be being strong is good. You know, being tough is good, but you don't have, it doesn't have to be at the expense of another person. And a lot of these kids just don't have it, man. Most of, you know, I trip out how many times I read a note and obviously I'm in psychiatry, but I'll read a note. And it'll say, uh, you know, the kid has three brothers and four sisters and lives with his mom. And then that's it. Like, there's no mention of dad. Like, it's almost like. It's not even an afterthought. Uh, Is dad alive? Like, is dad involved? Is he, does he live next door and doesn't Mm -hmm. care? Uh, Is he in prison? There's just no mention. And I trip out on that because it it almost feels more natural to say, oh, kid lives with mom, end of sentence, versus kid lives with dad. That kid lives with dad almost begs a follow-up, like, where's their mom, you know? So I trip out on that and I, I try to be sensitive to that and understand that, like, a lot of these kids just don't have direction, man, and they just don't know how to do it. They just don't know how to do it. They don't know how to be young men. So I, I try to take those opportunities. And, and then there's other mm-hmm. books, you know, I have some stuff geared towards the girls. Um, my, in, in I guess sort of a knock on, on my options for the girl books. There's some books about anxiety is, are generally the ones I give to girls because, you know, you just, especially these young girls, like 12 to 16, man. I mean, it's, it's wild but a lot of them are anxious and self-conscious and you get a lot of sort of like budding, like eating disorders at that age, you know? So, yeah, but I just trip out, man, like how, how grateful, you know, some of these families are for just, just little stuff. But yeah, I, I don't, I really don't know how to sort of reconcile wanting to have that kind of time to spend with patients and, and then not having the time to actually teach and do stuff like that. It's, it's, in, it's a good problem to have, I guess. But, yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I could see how sort of teaching somebody something that's useful. Right. Because you can feel that. You know, because you're probably teaching all the time whenever you're around a resident or a fellow or, or yeah. a med student. Technically, you're teaching all the time. But... To your point, it's different when you when it sticks, right? Like you see like the 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 sort of the, the heaven split when they get it. Like, oh yeah, that's dope. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's a cool way to to remember that or a cool way to approach that. Or it's different. Like the the air is different when you make yeah. a breakthrough like that. And that's cool. That's cool. But that requires time, man. That requires a lot of time.
0: Yeah. No, you know, it's when you're mentioning that, and I'm thinking about. I guess the double-edged sword that is um, social media and I think that could be a real I mean it's a vehicle that that I know doctors are using now and it's not always very well done and a lot of times it is kind of like self-serving and it, it just maybe starts off with the right intent and then turns into something else but you know, I think that that could really be, if done well, you know, great avenue to kind of do that teaching and scale the unscalable, that time that you don't have, you know, with each patient. And then, you know, you start building, building a following from, you know, patients that are not even your, yours, right. that you're you're kind of talking about a lot of these, you know, common themes. So that, that's one thing I wanted to ask, like, do you see any similarities with the, the, the patients that you saw in, in the deep South versus like on the West Coast?
1: Yeah, uh man that's oh man that's a tough question um geez uh you know honestly I think the common denominator is poverty man um Mm -hmm. just kind of the ills of of poverty is is really because I mean I see some folks out here in you know really rough conditions and I've actually had you know other physicians and and therapists and stuff come up to me and and kind of jokingly ask like yeah like are you are you shocked by like how poor your patients are here and it's like I was in the deep south I was in the poorest part of probably the poorest state in the union like no like no I'm not shocked not at all but just kind of the ills that come with just being poor it's I think that's probably probably been the common thread to be honest yeah it's you know there's unfortunately a lot of hurdles that it 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 boils down to nothing other than like these people are poor and that's just Mm. part of their life and part of their problem and part of their struggle and you're not going to fix that with a pill and uh, you know that's hard what does that manifest
0: as then like is it mostly depression anxiety both anxiety
1: anxiety yeah for boys you know and then you know for anxiety in general with kids if you look at the diagnostic criterion for depression and you just replaced depressed mood with irritability that's generally how you see it in kids they're they're just very irritable and i think part of that is just not knowing how to express the feeling of depression you know the the feelings of hopelessness so it comes off a lot of times as aggression but yeah the anxiety part is is Mm -hmm. big it's really big and you know, part of that is, and with girls, really, uh, the anxiety is, is is palpable a lot of times. But yeah, I don't. I, I if I had to, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say yeah, anxiety is probably how that manifests itself. And and you know, the tough part is in psychiatry, there there's a certain amount of unsubstantiated expectation. Like you're going to go see a psychiatrist, they're going to give you a pill, and then you're going to stop being depressed. It, it, it's, it's sort of in the same suit of general medicine, right? You come in, you have an infection, you take a pill and the infection goes away. Like that's, what, that's your expectation. And does it work every time? No. But the algorithm is pretty good such that it works most of the time. And that's not the same in psychiatry because you can give this pill and it certainly can hit the right neurotransmitters and potentially set up an outcome where you're gonna feel better but you're you you also still have a terrible life so that's sort of like having a wounded patient who has an infection and you're giving them antibiotics but they're also rubbing shit into that same wound at the same time and it's like dude you're not gonna get better Mm -hmm. like it might it might get better because you're pumping you full of antibiotics, but you're you're definitely lowering the chances of you getting better by continually soiling that wound. Well, the equivalent would be if you're depressed and you also have a terrible life. That medication may actually be helping, but it's not going to overcome like your shitty circumstances, and that mm. that's probably the toughest thing. That's probably the toughest thing, is uh, I, I probably spend a good amount of my day lowering people's expectations of medication, you know, and just letting them know like, hey, at the very best I expect to get out of this medicine is that it makes the rough days a little less rough and the lows a little less low. Like, that's the best I hope for this medication. But... That should give us enough opening, enough, you know, sort of a crack in the door right. big enough where we can bust through that with therapy, you know, and that's what I'm looking for. So, you know, I kind of set the stage that again, this isn't just pills, man. This is going to be skills too. And I don't want you to mm-hmm. lean so hard on the pills. You know, we got to develop these skills, but sometimes they come to you in a very, very dark place, you know, kids who legitimately try to commit suicide and it's like all right let's let's hit this with all we got you know
0: so what what are some like some of the skills that you work on for for these kids like i'm always like i always think of that um i think it's like Lao Tzu, or i don't know what the attribution is but when he's talking about depression is when like you're living in the past and anxiety is when you're living in the future and when you're at peace is when you're in the present. So this is, I know that's mm. like obviously a, an oversimplification of the interesting right. to hear a psychiatrist's point of view of that quote. But as far as the skills that you work with, is it a lot of like, you know, just like coping mechanisms and um and just like mindfulness type stuff or like w- what are the skills that you refer to?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you boiled it down, you hit it right on the head. It'd be those those things. But I I don't want to say this in in, in a negative way, but even that's too complicated. Like talking about like coping skills and like th- that's too comp that's too complex of an entry point. Like the the, the price of entry is too high already. You know, it's it's trying to find a an easier in. And I don't know until you asked just now. I'll be honest, I I don't think I thought about it a whole lot, but really my approach is pretty basic in the sense that you know i start off by like i'll ask a kid like do you think i'm i'm happy right now and they'll look at me like i mean i don't i don't know and I'd be like Well, take a guess like just talking to me like do you think i'm happy and inevitably they say yeah and most of the time i'd say 99% of the time when i ask them that i am not happy
0: real life
1: i'm just not and 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 but the point of that question is to let them know that the opposite of not being happy is not by default being sad. Major Keeler. I'm just here, I'm just being, I'm a human being that's it and if i had to pick yeah. and maybe i'm a bad example but that's about where i spend most of my day like i'm just being i'm not happy i'm not sad though and i try to remind them that if you spend so much time being depressed if you're always low if your mood's always low you get stuck in this way of thinking that you just want to be happy. You forget about being. And I think that being is being present, right? And I, I don't think you, we should sell that being present as some, uh, uh, you know, uh, nirvana uh, state. It, I'm just here, man. I'm not happy. I'm not sad. But if you spend so much time low, all you can think about, all you can imagine is wanting nothing more than being happy and you set yourself up for an insurmountable mountain you're never gonna always be happy that's not a real state and i ask kids like have you ever met somebody who's happy all the time they're fucking weird Mm -hmm. like those people i don't like them because you're not supposed to be happy if my dog dies and i tell you my dog died and then you're happy fuck off like you're not supposed to be they're sad things that happen. And I know sad is a real state because they write songs about it. They make movies about it. If I was the only person who ever felt sad, there, there wouldn't be a market for these things. So I know it's a real feeling, but I just, my my my, my point is I try to get them to understand, look, man, the, the opposite of being sad isn't being happy. And if, if you always think that way, you're going to be exhausted because you're never going to achieve that state. And I always like it, and they always look at me like I'm fucking crazy. But I always say I think of being happy uh, the same way I think about sneezing, <laughs> and they always look at me like, "What the fuck does that mean?" I, I just walk them through it, and I ask them, "When's the last time you sneezed?" So I'll ask you, Reese, like, "Do you remember when the last time you sneezed was?"
0: Mm, yesterday, I think.
1: Yesterday, and what about the time before that?
0: Mm, a week ago. Starts well, to get a, a, yeah, a little yeah.
1: wonky, right? But you yeah. know, you did. You just don't know when, right? So, you know that maybe you sneezed yesterday, and you know that there was a time before that, not sure, maybe a week ago, but you're not panicking, trying to figure out, well, shit, when did I sneeze before that? It just happened, and you know it did, and then I ask them, do you think you're going to sneeze again? And they're like, well, yeah, I mean, I'd assume. It's like, yeah, right, correct. All those are correct. You probably sneezed a couple days ago, before that, it was probably a week, and you will sneeze again. Now, have you ever felt like you were going to sneeze, but you don't? And they say, oh, yeah, I hate that. I'm like, yeah, well, me too. It happens. And I said, sometimes when you sneeze, like, you ever sneeze so hard that it hurt? And they're like, yeah, that's happened a few times. And it's like, okay. Now, remembering those all sort of variants of sneezing, I said, have you ever sneezed and thought to yourself, oh my God, I'm never going to sneeze again. No, that's ridiculous. Why would you ever think that? Well, right. Have you ever sneezed once and then never stopped sneezing forever? Well, no, that'd be weird. Well, that's also correct. So in the same way, that's how I treat being happy. Like I'll be at my baseline, just being, and then my dog will do some cool shit and I'll get happy. I'll be like, oh, that was cool. And it spikes up. And then it goes away. And the trick is that when it spikes and you're in the middle, you know, for the sake of the example of a sneeze is to appreciate that time that you're there, like actually enjoy it. That's something I've struggled with, like something cool happened and I'm happy, but I'm almost just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like I'm not enjoying the peak of that sneeze. And... I think that's where the wasted time is because it's gonna come. You're gonna be happy. Things aren't gonna stay terrible forever. It feels like that a lot of times, but it's just not. But it's also not gonna stay awesome forever either. And that's important. That's important to know because when that awesome comes down, it doesn't drop to depression. That's not what you that's not what it is. It's you being. That's it. And I really and it sounds so stupid and basic, I'm sure, but I think that's where people a lot of people get lost. And they think because they're not happy, they're sad. And I I just don't think that's the right way to approach it. And I mean, so many times, uh, you know, kids will look at me and be like, "Okay, I get it. Like, I get it. That makes sense. That makes sense. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's that time and just being that I think it was Freud who, you know, who had some sort of quote about, you know, his one of his goals was to differentiate depression from normal, everyday misery. And I think he was right. I mean, I think his was a bit more harsh, but. I think that's right. And I and I think that's where to tie in what you said earlier about, about social media is I think that's one of the poisons is that when you are just a human being and you haven't mastered that state of just being and then you flood your psyche with, with fucking pictures of people on boats and living this fucking amazing life and doing all this shit and their new shoes and their new car and, uh, you know, you're... you're, you're your mental diet is yeah. shit food. I think that's the problem. Yeah, I think aspire, it distorts. Yeah, you aspire to be like a
0: human doing instead of a human being. being. You know, you take that trip because, just for the Instagram photo or, you know, you go on a hike just, you know, right. to post it on the gram and, you know, shit like that.
1: Yep, yep. Or even worse, you don't go on the hike and you just feel shitty that you are not on a hike. Yeah. You know, like, in, instead of being, like, okay, then be the person who goes. Do what you want to do. Go do something fun or just accept that you're not doing those things, you know, but instead it, it, it becomes this this on or off switch. No, you have to be happier. You have to be sad. And I, I think, you know, that's and then, you know, add in being a female and there's all these other dimensions, right? All these, you know, uh, physical attributes and requirements and how you look and your hair and your eyelashes and your eyebrow and all this other shit, the inroads to misery are are plentiful at that point. You know, oh, your ass isn't big enough. Oh, you know, like all the all that shit. And it, you're just being bombarded with it. And I think, you know, I, I just try to impress upon kids, like, nothing about being 14. You couldn't pay me enough money to be 14 yeah. again. It's Fuck 14. Up. Like... Like, people talk about, oh, it's the best time of your life. Fuck off. Those people are idiots. Uh, like, I, you couldn't, I, I don't miss it. I don't miss a goddamn thing about it. And it's a rough time. And you're hormonal, and you're all fucked up, and you don't know anything about your own self. And it's a wild time. But I, I really spend most of my time just trying to impress upon kids. Like, man, look, my life is fucking awesome. Like, I have a, I have an amazing life, and I am not happy all the time. Like, that's not how this works. So most of the time they look at me and they're like, how can this guy not be happy? He's a doctor, you know, Like he, he, he can do whatever he wants. Like, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. And if you, if you, again, the same way people track and worry about their diets and what they eat, dude, I don't think people pay enough attention to their mental diet. Long. If you're watching the fucking Kardashians all day and, and fucking people arguing with each other. Okay, no. And watching Maury Povich, and oh, uh, you are not the father. Motherfuckers, crip walking and shit, like just misery, right? Andrew, you are not the father. (gasps) (laughs) If you're doing that all day, you're taking in a mental diet of shit. And that's going to affect you in the same way taking in a physical diet of shit would affect you. And I, I just really try to impress upon these people like, man, you are so much more in the driver's seat than, you know, and I'm not trying to sell you the secret that if you just sit and think a fucking bounty that you're going to get it. No, 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 no. That's not how this works. You know, that's thinking coupled with doing right. That's uh, a, who's the fucking guy who stole all the ideas of the kite and Franklin was that Benjamin Franklin. Was, was he, was he yeah. the thief of ideas? Um, I don't even know if that's... Was he? Or Edison? Edith, or one I, of those fucking all of them, probably. <laughs> Einstein. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I, I think, you know, if, if you're really, uh, you know, getting to the core of it, one of those thieves had a quote, like, you know... That someone else probably said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that they, they, they fucking <laughs> stole from somebody. And it was something about, like, you know... Uh, uh, like uh luck is when uh like opportunity puts on work clothes or something like that or when opportunity meets preparation something, something like that. that but it was something about overalls and i i, I don't and basically it was saying like yeah you can you can't think your way somewhere you're going to have to think and do your way somewhere and uh, you know ha- having them understand that that if you're just feeding yourself a diet of all these things that you're thinking about and don't have I mean, that's a recipe for disaster, man. So if you combine that with uh, with being poor, right? So you don't even have money to access that class uh, uh, on on sewing so you can make your own clothes because you want to be a fashion designer. Um, if you don't have a ride to go to the YMCA to practice basketball, if you're afraid to dribble outside because there's fucking drug dealers and gangbangers and, and and they're going to steal your ball and fucking beat you up. like You can't. Like, what a fucking recipe for misery. You know what I mean? Hmm. And and uh, so really trying to get them to understand that, like, man, this pill isn't going to fix anything. It's not going to work. And I'm not trying to discourage you. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is that for the little work that this pill is going to do, you got to meet me halfway. You fucking got to meet me halfway for this to work. And and. You know, some of them are very responsive to that, and and some of them are shocked to hear it from me. And I, I probably cuss more than I should. I spend a lot of my time apologizing before I talk in front of parents because I just don't have better words. But you know, I'll just tell them like that's it's bullshit, man. It's bullshit. And if you if you feed into that, it's this isn't going to be a fun ride. And you know, generally, I you know i'm i'm met with some resistance and i you know i just ask i ask kids outright every day probably half a dozen times like why do i give a shit like why do you think i care i don't know you like my job literally was to ask this kid hey are you taking your medicine cool is it causing any side effects any problems no okay do you want to hurt yourself or anybody else no. Okay. Any questions for me? No. Okay. Well, thanks for coming. I'll see you in a month. That's my job, believe it or not. Whoa. But I'm not happy with that. And I'll ask him, so why bother? Why, why am I wasting my time talking to you? Why am I eating into my time where I should be writing notes so I don't fall behind? Why am I going to be eating uh, a pack of peanuts and fucking beef jerky for lunch because I can't go out for lunch because I spent my time talking to you? Why bother? And I don't think I've ever gotten an answer. And they're like, I don't know why. And I just tell them because we live in the same place. Like I wanna look. You know, if if a kid's you know 16, I I say to them, in two years, man, I'm gonna look over to the car next to me at a red light, and you know who's gonna be driving that car? You are. Whoa. And I pray to God that when I look at you, you see me and you say, "Oh, Oh shit, that guy used to be my doctor. Like, oh, that, that's a cool dude right there. And I hope that I'm going to look at you and be like, damn, that used to be my patient. That kid was fucked up when he saw me, man. He's come such a long way. What I'd rather not have happen is you turn and look at me and be like, oh, man, that used to be my fucking doctor. Fuck that guy. you <laughs> And I would hope I don't look over and see you getting pulled over and arrested or slinging dope or out tricking. Like, we live in the same place. I I would, I, I hope and pray that I live around people who got some goddamn sense. And I feel like if I don't express that and let, and I tell them all the time, I'm just a dude. I'm just a guy. Like, when I walk into my own house, there's times where literally I have to stop myself before I walk into the door of my own home and say to myself, don't be an asshole. Major killer. Because I'm coming from work like frustrated and mad and my own baggage and and I I'm a fucking doctor. And, and even worse, I'm a psychiatrist. Like this should be programmed into me already. But it's not. Mm-hmm. I'm just a guy. And you know, I have to give myself a pep talk, like, hey, you know, it's the holidays, like have some cheer, like be happy, say something nice about the tree. Like I, like, don't be a dick. And I have to do that. So, if you, if you think about that, somebody who does this for a living still has to do that. Well, you got work yourself, uh-huh. you know. And at the end of the day, we share the same space. And you know, if I can give you a little bit of hope, or you know, in some weird way, serve as an example as a guy who's still working on his own shit, then I want that. And I want that for you. And that's why I care. So maybe it's a little selfish. Maybe it's a little selfish, but it, it's. Again, what I would hope somebody would do for me. And is it gonna work every time? No, man, nothing works every, my fucking Netflix doesn't work every time. But when my Netflix doesn't work, I don't grab my TV and fucking throw it out the window and say, well, fuck that TV, the Netflix didn't work once. No, I have a plan, right? I log out, I log back in, I unplug the TV, I plug it back in, and my plan works most of the time. Well, that's what you want. You want a plan that works most of the time. And you got to find out what that plan is. And you got to find one that works best for you. And no, it's not going to work every time. That's stupid. Nothing does. But shit, man, we got to have a plan. You can't just fucking willy-nilly try to freeball this thing. It ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. And, I, you know, at the end of the day, all I'm preaching is structure. You know, and, and that's what most of these kids don't have.
0: Yeah, it's not just most kids either. It's like most adults, oh, I for feel sure. like you right. You know, so I guess, you know, on the topic as we're about to embark upon a new year and, you know, even though I know we don't necessarily believe in like New Year's resolutions and right. stuff. But, you know, what, what are some things that everybody, kids and adults could do as far as having a better mental diet and having some sort of a structure to, you know, live a healthier mental life?
1: Man, I mean, that's. That's a good question and and one that, you know, it's a little hypocritical of me to answer. But, you know, I I, I do think that um, part of that, uh, for kids anyway, is honestly complimenting people. Hmm. And uh, it sounds kind of like low-hanging fruit and, and maybe a little abstract, but I think your ability to compliment somebody, I think, has a couple of, of prongs to it that, that, that really help. And one of the sticking points is um, kids with low self-confidence don't tend to compliment people because pointing out what other people are awesome at to a kid generally serves as a mirror to show you what you suck at, mm. right? So if somebody balls you up and crosses you over on the court... How many times have you ever seen a kid trip, fall, get up, get hooped on, have a dude fucking in his face, and then that kid walk over and tell that kid, yo, that was dope. Nah. Not gonna be able to do it. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Your e- right. your ego's hurt. You feel stupid. You look dumb, whatever. But if that kid can soak that in and be like, damn, that was dope. That was That was sick. He got me. He got me. And then go compliment that kid after the game and be like, yo, can you show me how you did that? Mm. Like th- that is such a big step and so hard to do in the moment. Yeah. But if you start small, if you see somebody with some kicks on that you like, <laughs> and you're like, yo, yo, those kicks are dope. And that's it. Leave it at that. Don't try to have a conversation with them. Just that's it. Somebody you don't know. Yo, that's a dope jacket. That's it. And if you can start there, I think what that does is it humbles you to be able to accept that you don't have things. You don't have everything. You never will. That doesn't mean you can't like them and compliment somebody for it. And I think that'll put you in a space where you're less envious and there's less self-loathing. Because... The the next best thing to having something is being friends with somebody who has it. And I think that's so important because as much as we would all like a fucking private jet, you would not like a private jet. You would not like the maintenance. You would not like the hangar space storage. You would not like a lot of the insurance, the fuel costs. You would hate all of it. And, you know, having a Ferrari. Yeah, you want a Ferrari? You want to take that shit to Target? You want to park that in a regular parking lot? Uh, (laughs) No. you would be so on edge you'd be walking three miles to get to the target because you wouldn't want to park around the shopping carts right you would be miserable every pothole you hit on your fucking drive to target you'd be like Fuck, i can't even take this car out so you don't have to have it to appreciate it or even to enjoy it to fucking rent it and just drive around for a day but people get stuck in this mindset this weird mindset of scarcity like if you don't have it well, then you you suck and your life's miserable. And uh, no, uh, there's so many stops in between. You could be the guy that knows everything about Ferraris. There's something to be said for that. It's cool. You're fascinated by it, the engineering, whatever. But that's not why people want things most of the time. They want things so they could be admired by others and if you can like slowly pull yourself out of that and i think one way of doing that is complimenting people and and does that mean that you know all you're going to make friends and someone's going to give you their ferrari no it doesn't of course but i think what it does is one it sort of removes the barrier between you and the person who has the things that you want and most of the time you start to realize they're just human beings they have their own problems you know, most of the time when people compliment you on something, they try to discredit it, right? If you tell somebody, like, oh, man, you sing really well, that most times people, like, they don't know what to do with that. So they start sort of, like, discrediting themselves, like, oh, no, nah, man, I, I, I've, I've been singing since I was a kid. It's, it's, it's like my mom used to make me take lessons and shit, like, but thanks, man. Thanks. Like, it's weird. It's weird. They try to, like, take the shine off of their own compliment." And I think that's important. I think it's important. You learn so much from that. You know, people, sometimes people tell you, oh, man, that's not a big deal. I could show you how to do that. And But I think that comes from a, a real poor sense of self and fragile ego and just brokenness. And I think you start off with yourself. And I, one big thing I tell people is just compliment people. Like that's just start there.
0: I think that's like such good advice. That is not at all what I expected you to say. And now that... Um, hearing you kind of talk about it and like my gears are turning that like some of the extensions of that are super profound because it might help our self-talk as well because like saying nice things to other people maybe will have an effect on how you talk to yourself because mm. i feel like so much of at least like you know day-to-day misery of people right. probably does extend from just that negative self-talk for so, sure like by complimenting other people plus like the twofold effect that that has because like you know somebody else might be having a miserable day and when you compliment them mm. that could change the trajectory of their day right. so not only is it helping you it's helping other people and if more people just complimented each other and at, at a very you know basic level it could have really profound consequences for both parties so i think that is a very easy way to almost make the world a better place. Yeah. as corny as that might sound. No,
1: I mean, shit, you're right. I mean, I I, I don't think even I had thought about it in any sort of extension, you know, even that far. But yeah, you're 100% right. I mean, complimenting somebody, you don't know where their mental state is, you know? And it may be the dude in the Ferrari who's going to go home and fucking shoot himself in the head, you know? Mm Mm-hmm you know okay. and and i you know back to our original point is that you you just kind of assume things about other people that instagram shit and all that but the reality of it is you don't it sucks because not having that stuff it, it's just such an easy out to say if i had all that stuff i'd be happy but i mean we all know that's just not true yeah you know we just know it's not true and and you know back to what we were talking about earlier about you know owning a house yeah it'd be nice to have a nice house on the hill but have you ever thought about houses on hills have like really shaky foundations fucking foundations crack facades crack pipes bust rain you know up on a fucking hill you're more exposed to elements your house your house needs more repairs like the the, the cost that the money drain these things become oh by the way it's called brain drain is the phrase i was brain drain. i was thinking of when when uh you take smart people out of like their country and employ them somewhere else. But, uh, I think you're right. I, I think you don't know what all comes along with that stuff. And you know, shit gets old and a car that was new the next year, there's a new model. And then before you know it, you're in the rat race again. Um, and people do get caught up in that race, but you're a hundred percent right. Even the person you're complimenting, man, you have no idea where they're at in life and, and what that means to them. And, um, you know, a lot of times it's weird because people will buy stuff looking for attention and they still don't get it. Believe right. Right. And I, I think it it's crazy because I can only imagine how many times I've crossed those people in my life and I give them a compliment and then they treat me differently because it, they, they feel seen by me, you know, and, yeah. you know, and I'm nobody, but I, I'm somebody who complimented them for something that they cherish so much. And they kind of now hold me in the same esteem as they hold themselves. Like, oh, he likes what I like, and he complimented on me. And I, that's kind of there's a part of me that bought the car because I wanted compliments. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you give him a genuine compliment. Fuck, that's got to feel awesome, you know. Versus you just kiss an ass because you want something, you know. They're like that. Like, so you're right. I, I think a lot of that stuff, the ramifications of it, are, are they can be pretty profound and you know and i don't say that lightly it's hard it's hard especially for a kid who's got a real fragile ego who's been picked on his whole life and all people do is talk shit and make fun of them like what is you know it'd be hard to muster up the will to compliment people yeah you know um and then people view that as weak you know if you walk around complimenting people all day you know somehow that's viewed as taking the easy way out instead of going to get it yourself. Why would I compliment a dude in a Ferrari? Fuck that. I want my own Ferrari. Well, how about both? How about both? You know, how about you compliment that guy? And if you really want one, go get one. But just because you compliment somebody doesn't take anything away from you. Um, Yeah. and, And so, you know, again, it seems like such a small step. And, you know, I know when I explain it to kids, a lot of times they don't see it. You know, some of them do get it. Um, some of them acknowledge just that it's going to be hard for them. Um, that's always cool, actually, because that kind of lets me know that a kid's really listening. Yeah, You know, when they say like, oh, well, I don't know if I can do that.
0: Dude, maybe an interesting, like, modern spin on this, since we're talking about social media, too. Mm-hmm. Like, just start on social media. And, you know, we're always talking about, like, negative comments and trolls. But what if you were, like, a positive troll? Oh, <laughs> dude, <laughs> like, that's dope. You, you just go around, like, leaving positive comments on people. Dude, that's... Like, anonymously. That's dope, dude. Positive trolling? Positive trolling. Uh,
1: dude, that, <laughs> Yo, that's a nice shirt, yeah, man. Yeah, just, That's a real nice yeah, shirt. Yeah, that, that, color, that color's got pop. <laughs> And just fucking dip out, like brings out your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, but you know what's funny? People would find that weird. Um. Okay. You know? Yeah. People like, and I'm not. I'm sure some people would would like it, but people would find that weird, especially if you were genuine. Like the, look, the, fir- and the first thing somebody would do is probably try to find out if you're a
0: bot. Right. Yeah. Cause you know, there's obviously a lot of that going on, you know, yeah, how not fucked only up bots, is that? but like, like
1: your first thought would probably be like, Oh, there's a fucking bot.
0: Yeah. And plus it's like even if it wasn't a bot, that's like, you know, a social media tactic right. to like, you know, get a follow or get a right. like or something. Yeah. But then if your intent is in the right place, then who gives a fuck what the other person thinks, right? right? If you you know, don't come like if you don't actually like that guy's shirt, don't, don't tell him that you like his shirt. Right. That's not the exercise. You're you're getting it twisted. Right. But this is, like, that age old, like, you know, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say right. it. But also the extension of that is, like, if you don't actually have something to compliment someone about, then don't compliment right. them. Do a genuine compliment yeah. when the time is right.
1: No, I, I think that's going to be my shit. Just don't force Positive it. trolling. Positive trolling. <laughs> <laughs> 2020. Yeah. Watch out. Yeah. No, I, I I do think there's something to it, man. And and again, it doesn't have to be this you know mystical fucking put out positive energy. No, no, man, just give compliments, real compliments. Bless up. And so and the and here's the the tier two of that is, and I've had it. I can only say I've only been you know working this gig for three or four months, but I've had about mm, off the top of my head two kids that I've had follow up conversations with them. Uh, that have actively been trying to do it and and offered up positive responses about trying this. And the next step for those kids has been this. When you start to envy somebody or be jealous of somebody, Mm. seek that person out and compliment them on the very thing that you're jealous of them for. So, you know, if somebody has... Uh, better grades than you or, or beat you out for a starting position on a team, you know, compliment that person. But in order to do that effectively, you have to identify your jealousy. Mm. And that's a tough, tough step to genuinely sit there and be like, Oh, I'm jealous. Like, that's why I don't like that person. I'm jealous. You know, like uh, people will say like, Oh, that guy's a dick. And you'll think, yeah that guy's a dick but really that guy's really funny and he made fun of you he made a joke that was actually funny and you instead just like you, you feel that guy's a dick it, is there a chance that you're jealous of that he's like a real funny dude and is very charismatic it's right. a possibility it's not to say that everybody who's funny is is, is charismatic or, or, or kind hearted or nothing like that but to identify those things and then seek out those people once you identify what it is you're jealous about that makes you insecure when you're around them and compliment that very thing, you know, Interesting. and, you know, I think that's obviously higher level, but I think it's in the same vein.
0: Yeah. And that's super relevant now, man. I mean, with. You know, again, back to the social media thing, it's like, oh, this guy has more followers than me or, you know, or this girl has more followers than me. And, you know, that that's like a real thing that people like care about now that, you know, we've never really saw before. So, yeah, you know, and that this whole like, you know, clout chasing and all that stuff is like, you know, extensions of this and, you know, being able to like recognize it. And really like, just like you're saying, like allow yourself to feel the feeling, like identify the feeling of, oh, that's jealousy. Give it a name, you know, like like label that shit and then, you know, do some investigating. And then, you know, I think, you know, the the good, um, you know, exercise there is, yeah, befriend that person or befriend that feeling. Yeah. Befriend the the feeling. Exactly. Yeah. And
1: and it's hard, man. It's 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 very, very hard, um, especially when you're in the throes of it. But the more you do it, man, it just becomes easier and easier to identify. And, and and I just think it's such a invaluable skill, especially for kids, especially for kids.
0: Yeah, because then that, you know, gives you a really good foundation for adulthood. Because at the end of the day, like, we're still dealing with the same shit we were dealing oh, with sure. as kids, as adults, you know? Like, and it's because, like, so much of this foundation was not lay down properly and we weren't you know
1: on good mental yeah. health diets like yeah. as you put it no i i, I agree a hundred percent and you know we, you know, f- fucked up kids become fucked up adults man it's just it's what it is and and you know if you think about just <clears throat> sort of neural development and and you know when the brain is is fully wired and and you know it happens at 25 you know and and that saying that, that old saying you, you know you, you, you can't teach a, a, an old dog new tricks I really do think that that was them identifying neurodevelopment very early before they even understood neurodevelopment you know like mm. you, of course you can teach an old dog a new trick but that's not the point the point is it's way harder it's way harder that's why it's easier to teach a kid a second language than it is to teach an adult you can right. learn it. it's going to be slower and you're probably never going to be as good But when you're a kid, man, if you can integrate this stuff and really affect the the neurodevelopment of the brain and start to develop these good neuronal pathways and these good loops that as an adult, when you hit 25, man, all that wiring will be in place. You know, if you can break the bad circuits and, and reinforce the strong ones, the problem is, and I try to get kids to understand this is as a kid, the circuits that you use the most are the ones that grow the strongest. And your brain Mm -hmm. doesn't know what circuit is good or bad. If it did, it would never allow people to get addicted to drugs. All it knows is which circuits you use the most. The more you use them, the stronger they get. So if you're gonna spend your time being envious of other people, of being anxious, of being depressed, and Mm. you're gonna let that go unopposed, then guess what happens at 25? Essentially, that's what you're left with. Whoa! Can you break yeah. them? Yeah, but it's gonna be way harder. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Unless they want to learn uh, that. And trick. and the pace is gonna be slower, and the work's gonna be more intense. You know, Very like slower. so, yeah. take advantage of the plasticity now. You know, and I tell right. kids all the time, and if you just keep using that, your brain does not know. Which connections are good and which ones are bad. It just differentiates between the ones you use and you don't use. And then you'll get neuronal pruning and, and, you know, you end up losing some of these, you know, neuronal axes. Well, let's send the right signals. Let's reinforce the good ones. And just because the bad ones are there doesn't mean you can't turn the volume down on them. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, but I, you're running out of time, and we don't have to look too far to see shitty adults. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. So to pretend that those probably weren't shitty kids is not fair. They probably were shitty kids. But man, the it's just the cards are really stacked against them as a 40 year old trying to change these things. Yeah. You know, that's gonna be really really hard, and. You know, generally, the only time those things change, if they do at all, like, it takes some fucking monumental near-death experience before some people see the light. And even then. Even then, man. Yeah, exactly. You know, a lot of times, yeah. Exactly. It, you, they, they can't override that circuitry, you know? So, I I I encourage them. I, I, I tell kids all the time that, man, it, my life changed when somebody explained what I just hopefully explained um to me and i'll never forget it i was i was bitching about math class um and mr carroll was the the name of the teacher and i was in there trying to get extra help and i just didn't understand it and uh i remember just fucking bitching and being like what? who cares who like imaginary numbers mr carroll who cares i'm never gonna use this they're like what the bro. fuck? That was literally what I said. And I was like, like they're not even real. Like why why are we doing this? And he just sat back and he goes, You're right. You're right. You'll probably never use this ever in your life. Ever for anything. And this is how dumb I was. In my mind, I was like, Yes, I get to go home. Like fuck this. He agrees with me. I don't need to know this. And he just kinda sat back and goes, you know, but you're missing the whole point. You're missing the whole point of all of this. And I was like, well, what's the point then? And he said, the whole point is for you to train your brain to teach yourself that you can make yourself do stuff that you don't want to do. Uh And I was like, really? And he goes, that's the whole point of all of this. Because when you're an adult, there's going to be a ton of stuff you want but a bunch of work that you don't want to do to get it Yeah. and dude I was probably 15 at the time and I hand to God I applied that logic for the rest of my life up to this very day where after that happened after I had that conversation everything I didn't want to do but I knew I probably should I sort of not sort of, I, 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 I looked for those things and I applied it to everything. And I remember because the very first night it hit me after that conversation, I was at home and my mom asked me to take the trash out and I'll never forget it. Cause she looked at me like I was out of my mind. I walked up to her and I said, ma, I heard you, but I just want you to know I'd rather not take the trash out right now. And she just looked at me like, what did this motherfucker say? He'd rather not. And I said, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it right. But I just want you to know I'd rather not. And she just looked at me and she goes, Take the fucking trash out.
0: Now I don't want to hear no more back talk. I'll clean this mess up.
1: And I said, All right. And I took the trash out. But I used that as a small way to start like, okay, I could bitch and I could complain and I could say why and I could say, uh, you know at the next commercial or when they, the team takes the next time out in the game i'm watching but no, no no i'm gonna make myself and i swear to you i applied that forever to everything every class every like everything like anything anytime i didn't want to do something i would just make myself do it And people would always ask me, like, oh, man, what you're always doing so much. You know, in high school, I was playing, you know, three sports and fucking working and and doing all these extracurriculars. And people would be like, man, how you do so much? And I'd always say the same thing. I do it because I don't want to. And people always looked at me like, the fuck does that mean? And that was the truth. I just, I'm trying to train myself. I just, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to make myself. And what that taught me was, what I'm trying to teach these kids is that the desire to do something... Has almost zero correlation To whether you should be doing it or not You don't have to like it And I think that's part of the problem Of people's misery Is they think if they're doing anything That they don't like Oh, their life sucks Oh, my life sucks I don't want I have to do this I have to do that No, 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 no You're looking at it wrong You're looking at it wrong Because guess what When you're an adult You don't have to do shit There's going to be consequences You don't have to have a good job You don't have to have a house you don't have to be responsible. There will be a price to pay, but you don't have to. And furthermore, you don't have to like shit for it to be important. And I think that's my fucking pet peeve is that this living your best life bullshit. It's fucking nonsense because it's it's mispackaged. Living your best life is not only doing shit you want to do. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. But if you sell it as that, man, you're setting people up for fucking failure, disappointment, misery. Like that's not what this game's about. And I, I you know, it, it's 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 resistance training. That's all it is for mm-hmm. your brain. And you know, I I think that's part of the hurdles is. I mean, I have to do it every day. And to be quite fair, I'm not as good at it as I was when I was younger uh, because, I, you know, I've kind of put my feet yeah. up. I'm a bit more comfortable. I don't have to work as hard for sure because I have certain things already, you know, but it's about moving that carrot, you know, and really finding things that still motivate me to do things, you know, setting goals that are hard to reach and are going to require a lot of work. But making myself do it.
0: Yeah, kind of like you know what we're going through with medicine yeah. remix now. I mean, you know, there's there's only so many hours in a day and it, you know, but we know that it's possible, right? We were somehow keeping this afloat when we were, you know, not sure. putting our feet up when we were the busiest we ever were, like in residency trying to find those pockets of time like in my call room in between cases to right. record something or in the parking lot in between clinic or before I went home or, you know, like, you know, finding these pockets of time. It's usually when we are more busy that we become more efficient. You know, like uh, some of my friends now that are, you know, really high performers that are like recently mm. had kids and stuff. I'm like, I couldn't imagine having a kid on right. top of all of this. And, it, you know, a lot of them, you know, say the same thing. It's like, you know, it, it's really helped me become more efficient with my time because you just you know that you just you don't have that much time i was the same way as you and in high school like you know do like all these you know all these things a lot of them were were things that i didn't necessarily want to do like i hated running track but i was like oh i need a sport like you know i need i need to do this you know uh make shit happen like you know become more efficient and you know use the time that you do have and You know, not dilly-dally and, you know, like, you know, just just get shit done. To just will yourself to do shit. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's going to be a a big challenge, you know, for us. But we've done it before, you know, and kind of calling on those, like, previous obstacles of, like, you know, there was a time where I was just as busy as I am now, maybe. Like, it was different. But, like, I was able to do all these different things. So, like, you know, how am I going to get myself to do it? So, yeah, because we have, like, a lot of... A lot of aspirations, a lot of goals for, you know, where we want this thing to go. Um, but, you know, starting small and realistic and the consistency part is is the key, man. Just yeah. showing up, just doing it on the days that you don't want to do it the most. Right. Those are the days that are the most
1: important. And, but the most you know? important. Like, you know, there's the so many the great days. Those are the most important days. Just fucking making yourself do it and understanding that that's real like the science is real behind it that pathway that neuronal pathway is real the more you fire it the stronger it's going to get it's just science you know and like anything else the yeah the less you use it the weaker it's going to get yeah you know
0: it's just a matter of doing it was it something like 28 days on mm-hmm. average depending on the task for mm-hmm. you to form a habit it's like that that age old uh what was it like Seinfeld or one of those guys that You know, I was given that younger comic uh, the advice of when asked, like, you know, how did you get to where you were? And he was like, literally just get a calendar. And your task is to, you know, write jokes every day. Not good jokes, just write jokes. And when you're done writing your jokes for, you know, an hour or whatever the time that you've allotted yourself that's when you get, a, get to put an X right. on that calendar. And your entire job is to not break that chain of X's. And that's how you get to where, where yeah. I am today. I mean, and I, and that works for anything, man. It's just, you know, consistency yeah. is everything. 100%. One other thing I was thinking of, too, with the whole complimenting thing. I love, you know, the train of thought that you, you set with that is, uh, you know, the 101 level is just complimenting mm-hmm. someone. The 201 level is kind of identifying when you're, like, jealous of other people. I wonder if the 301 level is like not judging other people like that being like the mindful practice of like, you know, just walking down the street. I just feel like we're constantly judging other people Mm. and like almost that being like the meditative practice of like, you know, not judging. And then then that, too, in a similar way as like, you know, what the complimenting does for your self-talk, like judging ourselves is like one of the one of the biggest biggest things that slows us down you know like uh why did i say that shit on this podcast Mm. like you know that this this oh well maybe let's just not put this podcast out because i i said some stupid shit versus like just not judging it and being like yeah i said that i'm gonna put it out and like that's it i'm not gonna judge myself and now i can go faster i can put out more podcasts so that you know over time I'm saying better stuff in better ways and, you know, I'm more articulate and, you know, I'm funnier. I'm, you know, more charismatic. All of those things because I'm not judging myself. And, like, that is an extension of, like, you know, not judging other people. Uh And, you know, in turn, I'm not judging myself.
1: Right. Yeah, no, I I think that's the case. And, And, you know, further to your point is sort of showing people that you know, I think one of the the, the the fatal flaws with everything from sort of negative self-talk, you know, all the way to the other end of the spectrum of the fucking, you know, Me Too movement and oh, like everything in between is that nobody's laying out a road to redemption after fucking up, you know, like people fuck up that like to pretend that we don't mm. is so toxic, man, is, is a internal backlash because everybody's walking around pointing out everybody else's fuckups, ups and i think inadvertently are fortifying this idea that you you can't mess up you can't misspeak you can't change your opinion you can't fuck up say it and redeem yourself because there's this culture of like oh no they're gonna fucking they're they cancel culture instead of like oh no yeah i misspoke and uh or i was just trying to be funny and i fucking missed the mark you know or i was upset or, you know, I have my own shit that I was going through and I do realize that that was a fucked up thing to say. And I did say it for sure. And I got to get better at that, you know. And I, I really do think that that's sort of the the undercurrent yeah. that, that's really fucking things up is that now, you know, people are, are afraid to say shit. I, I think part of owning up to your mistakes is, is showing people, you know, there's people that admire you. There's people who, you know, have been laying on that fucking table. Yeah passed out under anesthesia that you f- can have cut into their bodies. And when they come out of it whole again, they look at you like this motherfucker changed my life. Like they, they've elevated yeah. your status amongst other human beings for a skill that you have. And how valuable would that be if you fucked up saying something and then showed them that you owned up to it and said, Oh no, I, I fucked up yeah, I I did that, or I said that, or sorry, I was rude to you. That person can exist. That duality can exist. And it can make that person, the image of that person stronger. You can be the exceptional surgeon, the exceptional basketball player, the exceptional human being, and fuck up. I think that's so important. And I just don't think people are, are working as hard to point out people's flaws and to judge other people uh, I don't think they're working as hard to come up with roads to redemption after people fuck up, you know? And I think that's what we owe to ourselves is to kind of create that own la- our own lane for that. Own up to it. Point out your own shit. I've, yeah, I fucked up. This is how I used to think, you know? And this is how I yeah. crawled out of it or this is how I'm still working on it.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of important themes we, we touched on, man. I mean, I think the combination of don't be an asshole and you are going to make a mistake and owning your responsibilities, like all of those things, somewhere in there, is, like, you know, really important life skills of, like, you know... Your, oh, yeah, no. As long as you're intention- modern-day Buddha. Yeah. Modern-day Buddha right <laughs> That's there. right. Buddha sparks. That's right, Buddha sparks. <laughs> <our> Buddha, sparks.
1: <laughs> Buddha Chris Buddha. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: But, yeah, and then, you know, I think that there's a lot of, like, you know, tactical things that easy things, easy, like, you know, quote-unquote life hacks, mental health hacks sure. um, that we well. talked about of... Uh, you know, complimenting people and not judging others and also complimenting yourself and not judging yourself. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, that'll take people a long way. You know, kids and adults alike um, in, in the sure. world that we're living in. Agreed. Good shit, man. Well, you know, uh, I think this was a good little comeback session and hopefully there'll be many more of these and we got to take, take our own advice and, um, you know, kind of follow through with, uh, with showing up and you know putting stuff out there and um there's plenty more to talk about i mean i can't believe we just talked for like an hour and a half there's just so much shit to talk about and hopefully we can get people calling in and you know hitting us up on on social to you know give us some direction on what they want us to talk about and i'm um, hoping we're going to do a lot more interviews and stuff like that this year and um you know we have a lot of a lot of dreams and aspirations for for medicine remix so gotta just take it a day at a time and just keep
1: showing up no doubt i agree brother all right brother cool all right well until we do it again yep
0: medicine remix fam thank you so much for listening hopefully you found that episode valuable and or entertaining and if you did please consider sharing the podcast and writing us a review on apple podcasts It would mean the entire world and would help us spread the word tremendously. And if showing us love isn't incentive enough, we'll be shouting out people that leave us reviews on future podcasts, as well as on social media. So pretty pleased with brown sugar on top, Consider leaving us a five-star written review if you've been liking what you've been listening to so far. It only takes a few seconds, but showing your support will last us a lifetime. This episode was mixed by yours truly, Reach the MCMD. Big shout-out to Debunked for helping us with the editing on this episode, as well as the original production from our very own KT. If you have topics you want us to address, questions you want us to answer, or if you have comments about a particular episode, let us know by leaving us a voice message on Anchor. We love getting those, but you can also tweet us at Medicine MedicineRemixed, DMing us on Instagram, or sending us a message on Facebook. We'll have a link in the show notes to all of those platforms to make it easier for you. We love you. So grateful for your attention. Stay tuned for some amazing interviews and conversations we have on the chopping block for you this year. We're super pumped to be back. Yeah! So much good shit coming from our studio to your ears on the best new season of the one and only Medicine Remix.